the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. AM 970 The Answer presents Eye on Real Estate. This is your premier source for real estate information from the hot properties in the tri-state to the latest real estate market trends. From mortgage news to answers to all your real estate questions, you'll be in the know with help from the experts. I'm getting closer to my Call now. 866-970-9622. That's 866-970-9622. Now, here's your host for Eye on Real Estate, Douglas Elliman's CEO, Dottie Herman. Good morning, everyone. I'm Dottie Herman, and so happy to be back home from my trip from London. Although London is a great city, it was freezing and it was raining every day. But it's just a great city with lots of good restaurants, great people. Uh, but I'm glad to be back home. There's no place like home. What do they say? That's from the Wizard of Oz, isn't that? Yeah, we missed you, Dottie. Back. Welcome back. Thank you. But it was freezing, really freezing. It's always but, cold. There. Yeah, but and torrential, torrential yeah. rains. But other than that, it was great. Yeah, it was. Did you ride on that big uh, Ferris wheel? That no, because, I, you know, I was with Knight Frank and, you know, our... our uh, partners in Europe, and so we met with all the people that run real estate companies all over the world, so we met with people from Berlin and, you know, Italy and all over, and I do this every year, so I know them, and it was great, and, you know, you know, I it was funny because, you know, I have insomnia, and there's a six-hour time difference, so by the time you get adjusted to time, it's kind of crazy. And so I would listen to the news, and they have, um, in, in, in London, they have Russian news, and they have, you know, uh, French news, and all the different news, but they have it in English so that you can hear, you can understand them in English if you want to. And it's just so interesting how they report everything very differently than we report it. And half of the drama that goes on, which I feel like I'm listening to a soap opera every day here, they really don't, they don't put in it. You know, I, they just don't. But at the same token, talking to people in London, uh, they said, you know, it's changed a lot. And if Brexit, with that happening, you won't be able to take a train and go to Paris in two hours. You can do it, but you'll have to do what we do in Canada, show all the passports and everything. And so a lot of them want to come to the U.S. and leave London. So sometimes, you know, we're always, you know, sometimes I'm down saying, What's going on with this country? You know, it's turning into a soap opera. <laughs> but people all over the country still think that, you know, and still, you know, until you live someplace else, they still find that they want to be here. They want to be in New York, and a lot of them want to leave and come here. And then in talking about other countries, the hot countries is Berlin, which uh, they claim that Berlin is, sales-wise, you could, you know, you can... 
it's cheaper than any of the really big cities. It's an emerging city, and it's young, and it's hip, and there's a lot of investment going on there. Um, so, you know, I've never been to Berlin. Have you? Have you? Never. I have not. I, no. I definitely want to go. It's yeah. on my bucket list of cities. Yeah, it's got to be on your bucket list. Anyhow, mm-hmm. and I, it was great. It was great. And um, before I start this show, Jerry, and, you know, we're in Iowa Real Estate, and you know, Jerry, I don't have to introduce you enough to he's a great friend, a great attorney, and the top real estate attorney I know, an ace, that I would say the same thing. Uh, not not an attorney, but the top financial guy. And I was just talking about him the other day, and I said to someone, it was a Friday night. He came for an interview, like, I don't know how many years ago it was, maybe six or something, I don't know. <laughs> and he was the last person. I had been interviewing with... Uh, somebody else in my company and we were we had like three interviews before that and that was like five or five thirty and Friday night and I was tired and I just wanted to go home. I didn't want to keep that appointment. And he walked in and in two seconds I woke up and I looked at him and he blew me away. And that was it. He was it. And then I worked hard to get him to come to our company for years. <laughs> and we became great friends. I uh, think he's super so I'm blessed to have two aces in business and also two people that I consider friends. Oh, thank you. We thank are too. Happy Cinco de Mayo. Yes. Happy, uh, and happy Kentucky. Run for the Roses. Kentucky yes. Derby. Yeah. And happy Kentucky Derby because today is the 2018 Kentucky Derby and um, the race consists of 20 horses competing for a $2 million prize. Wow. And they're two-year-old, three-year-old, excuse me, three-year-old fillies, which are female horses. And I think it's at 6.34. And I think you could get it live on NBC. So who's your favorite, Dottie? Well, I, I don't know. I know that the, I looked up yesterday the odds. And they give this, uh, they give a guy, a, a horse named Oro, four to one odds, followed. And then they have a Vegas, somebody. But I, I, I looked up Amazon because I think that they're real winner. And who did Amazon? Oh, I had to find it. But Amazon... Uh, predict somebody else audio something with the name audio something and I have to oh here it is because I took it the Derby racehorse's name Audible that sounds like now he doesn't have uh, he doesn't give the they don't give him great odds but that's who uh, Amazon likes and with that with Amazon's doing wow. I tend to say hey well, they're taking over the world so yeah they must know they there must know something there you go listeners you and but they're they're not all Phillies though are they. They're Phillies. I, I mean, they're Phillies. Yeah, twenty Phillies. All twenty are Phillies. Wow. Yeah, three-year-olds. Well, you, I, you can't. You, when you do a race, like, they kind of put them in this in a category based on their age. You know, I don't know a too. lot about horses, but you mm-hmm. know, you know, I'm in a group of women, who uh, uh, the trainer is a woman, and 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 all of the my the partners are women, and I'm just a small partner with a couple of them, a piece of a couple of them. But we buy the young horses when they're because the younger they are, the, the the cheaper they are. Because when they're first born, you you don't really know if they're going to have the genes. If let's say they had a, a you know a, a winner parent, you don't know if they're going to have those genes or not. So by three years old, they're they're not so young anymore. <laughs> yeah, no, that they're they're in their prime. Yeah. So, but before I do the show, I do want to say a special hello to Peter Moran, who was our flight attendant, our great flight attendant on American Airlines, uh, 
flight 104, and we were going to, I was going to London, and all of a sudden I heard someone say, oh, like, I know you, you're Dottie Herman, and I love Ion Real Estate. I listen to the show, so my <laughs> friends listen to the show, and I said, well, thank you. He said, and American Airlines loves Ion Real Estate, and then he said, say hello to Jerry for me, too, as well. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, that's so nice. Peter, and to your friends, thank yeah. you for a great flight. Right. <laughs> it was a great flight being with Peter, and uh, also the flight was smooth yeah. and, and and smooth sailing. Mm. And say hello to all your friends, and we love that you uh, he, listen he to our re- show. Listened, another, another fan in the, uh, that's in the it. air. That's well, great. Jerry, he said, say hello to Jerry for me. Uh, oh, wow. He's a real fan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I wanted to say that. Um so we're happy about that. And I also want, again, to thank citizens who help support this show to give back. They give back to the communities in which they do uh, all the time. They And, again, they offer mobile and online banking 24-7. So anytime, you know, if you're an insomniac and it's 3 o'clock in the morning like me, you can get them. Um, and they have customer contact center and the convenience of approximately 3,300 ATMs and over 1,000 branches in 11 states in the New England, Mid-Atlantic, and Midwest regions. So thank you, citizens. And thank you for the outstanding service that ACE and everybody at Citizens gives us. Um, there's no one better. And I personally took my mortgage out with them. So I don't just say things to say it. Yes, you do. I only endorse things that I absolutely believe in. Um, and I absolutely believe that they're the best. Later in the show, since June is coming up, and it is, I can't believe, you know, it kind of went from freezing and winter, and now it's summer. So I'm hoping it stays that way, and we have a nice summer. And we're going to talk about some of the fears of sellers and uh, buyers, and sometimes places that people think are bad places to live or bad locations, and maybe they're really not. Um, I have a whole bunch of things. Uh, and, and we want to also talk a little about just thinking, you know, I think that I, th- I look at homeownership or buying a home or an apartment as part of a, a total financial plan. It's part of whatever your plan is. And I think that so many people, I just did a little article um, on financing and women and how most women you know, they'll be involved with the house and the picking of the house, but they're really not versed in investments. And there's a different thing in investments and a place to live. And I know that we talked a couple of weeks back, I feel like we talked a little about that we would start to talk about maybe a a little investment, real estate and things of that. And I want to um, stress, because I think it's a a good way to, to segue into that, I want to stress that when you're buying a home and it's going to be your home and where you live mm. in, I don't want to say don't look at that because you, nobody wants to lose millions. Nobody really wants to lose when they sell a home. But really the first concern that you should have is do you love it and does it meet your needs, whatever those needs might be. You know, some people are looking for a place where they can walk to town. Some people have kids in school, so they're looking like at certain school districts. Some people have special needs children or some gifted children. They want to look at what programs the schools have, if you're in a retirement community. So 
those are things that you, when you're living in, you look at. When you're investing in it, you're not going to live in it. You're not looking at those things. You're looking at cash flow. How much, how much is going to cost? How much is the financing going to cost me? Will I have to manage this property? You know, is that my time? Do I have the personality that wants to get up at three o'clock in the morning if something goes wrong? Um, and what's my return going to be? Can I make money? Will I lose yes. money? So there's a difference and there's a whole, and I, I thought, you know, um, a little bit every week we could start to talk about that because it's very different. Even though I do think, I'm always saying if you can afford to buy, it's, there's no guarantees in life. So it doesn't mean that just because you buy something, you'll make money on it. But over the long run, if you hold things, real estate has proven mm -hmm. to be a decent investment. And also you have the security of knowing that it's yours. And investment properties is, is less emotional too. It's yes. really all about the numbers. So you really need to make sure, to Dottie's point, that the cash flow is there, that you have reserves in case um, you, you have um, no tenant for a certain period of time. So there's a lot of, a lot of things, a lot of variables to, to consider. So. There is. And we can talk about that. Now, I always tell you what happened on this day in history. So on this day in history, the West Side Story soundtrack, and I love that movie. I love Maria, and I think There's a Place for Us was on that soundtrack. Uh, and that went to number one, their, the soundtrack of West Side Story, and stayed number one for 54 weeks, which is more than 20 weeks longer than any other LP. And for those of you who are too young to know what an album is, and there are people who've never seen an album. It is, how would you describe it, Cherry? A vinyl. Uh, uh, why are you asking me? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> she turns to me like I, I'm the historian. Yes, well, it's it was. Like they, were, a... they were discs that were, uh, you know, that you put on a record player on a turntable and. And they would scratch, but mm -hmm. they yeah, you'd have scratch. Yeah. You know, if you didn't take care of yeah. the well, they'd have yeah. scratches in them. And then it would go, <laughs> yeah. But, and Donnie, you're going to sing a, a duet of uh, uh, "Coming to America." Um, I want to go to America from West Side Story right after the break. So stay tuned for that. Or will we do Maria? Maria would be a good one too. Maria's yeah. better, Jerry. Yeah. Okay, we'll do that after the break, Dottie. Okay, great. Okay, everybody, um, stay that's tuned. great. It was a great, but that was a great movie. It really yeah. was. It was. It was. A, it was one of the classic. Academy Award. Yeah, yeah, it was great. And happy birthday today to singer Tommy Wynette, who sang "Stand by Your Man." Um, and if you were born <laughs> on this day, as a <laughs> tourist, born that, on May fifth, your personality is defined by your charm and tact. Mm -hmm. um, you have a special brand of wit and charisma that others greatly enjoy. So happy birthday to all the Tauruses. Yeah. Um, and we've got a Taurus birthday coming up soon. Yes, we do. We yeah, do. Who could it be? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but it's a good month. It's a good Trust month. Trust me on that. It's a good month to be born with. And by the way, yeah. just in case you didn't know, Taurus is a money sign. It's a love sign. It? It's Earth and they're stubborn. But they also... Uh, so you, you glossed yeah, in my day, stubborn. when I first started interviewing, you know, I start, first started working. I don't know where I was working at the time, but I don't. I remember somebody saying to me at that, in those days that I was really young, people were always like, what's your horoscope? You know, yeah, whether, a big thing yeah, yeah what's your horoscope? Yeah. You know, do we work mm -hmm. together? And mm -hmm. uh, I'll never forget, I was on an interview and the guy said he saw my birthday because they're allowed to ask your age. I don't know if they're allowed to ask it now, but they did then. Yeah. And yeah. Then he writes, a Taurus. Very good. <laughs> That's a money sign. So I never forgot. <laughs> on your that. interview? Really? Yeah, the, on now an that, interview. You know, yeah. but, you know let me say now. something. What? And the way the world was and people's behavior, and I don't want to get too political over this, but I do want to say, was so very different. 
and so so different the environment that it's like a different world. And you know, on an interview, they could say a lot of things that they wouldn't be allowed to say uh, that weren't frowned upon one way or the other. Uh, I'm not saying anything like that was like you know nasty, oh. but it was just very different. And you well, know, they, they, yeah. they used to ask uh, flight attendants interviewing to be flight attendant. Did they have any plans to get married? Uh, they would weigh them every week. I mean, it was a different. Yes, entirely for sure, they would world. weigh them every week because yeah. I had two girlfriends <laughs> I went to school with that worked for Pan Am, and Pan Am yeah. in its day when it was around was it the was giant. A, wow. Okay, right, that, that was, was the, the one, yeah. premier, and that was in the day that people actually got dressed and went on a plane, and the flight attendants all time, had yeah. to be mm-hmm. yes and my girlfriend had to go and her sister every month and get weighed mm-hmm. in and if you were a pound or two overweight like whatever the weight was supposed to be then you couldn't fly until you lost it what would happen now if, oh don't if, even ask if you required people to and there was an age <laughs> on the scale and i, I remember my that? girlfriend telling me you know we there was an age thing and, and we were like in our 20s and my girlfriend said oh just kill me if I'm here when I'm 35, I'll probably look so old. And now I think there's flight attendants that could be in their 70s and 80s, and there's no age. There's no, you know, they, so it's it's and it's very different, but very good. You know, it's just a, a whole yeah, different a, world. And I think that much uh, more fair now the yeah. way we do. Yeah, things, but, but I'm yeah. not sure how we if we really realize how unfair it was. So, but yeah, I don't think I don't think it was the a time, simpler time. I think. Uh, yeah, yeah, but you know, it, it was not. It was not nice for certain people who got looked over because of it. Um, they, the um, idea behind the airlines was they wanted very attractive young women so that businessmen would fly, uh, and it worked. It really did. Businessmen started to fly a lot more, so it was a good marketing technique. Yes, it was. I wouldn't want to get weighed every week when I went to work, though, would you? No, but that was the requirement. Would... And, you you know, you had to speak two languages. Uh, you know, I know you had to speak languages. And you had to look really good because uh, – so you can't do that now. You can't mm-hmm. say, like, your looks are too thin or too heavy or uh, – but, again, then it was all legal. Well, that's sure when it changed, yeah. but it did change. I think they still look good right now. Yeah. Okay. So, by the way, the big news of the week is that the Fed's left rates unchanged, saying inflation is close to target. Uh, they federal funds remain rates remain low for some time, and um, the Federal Reserve announced while the economic activity has continued to strengthen along with the labor market. And by the way, I thought the unemployment rates were probably the best they've been in. It has I don't know how many years? in seventeen years. Yeah. And 17, I mean, yeah, I mean, the jo- jobless rate is at a 17-year low. Yeah, 17 And low. so everyone's concerned about them raising the interest rates. Because if you go back to when the interest rates first went to those low, low numbers, because we're used to, in, in, in the last 15 years, you could see rates, 20 years, you could see rates that were 17 and 15 and 11%. Yeah. So four, five, three, you just never heard of that. And they were so long because, if you remember, we had so much unemployment and people were in so much debt. It was after the recession that they wanted to keep them low. And so they said that was a temporary fix until the economy improved. And so now that the economy's improved, everyone's thinking that they might go up two or three times. So what Dottie's saying is rates were at 16 17%. Everyone relax. We're st- it's still low. What is it now? It's at 4.625, Dottie. 
So four point six two five, which is low, still low. And I think they're going to make a break. I feel this faint music in the background. But let me say this: they do expect hikes still. Yes. Okay. So I don't want to tell you to go buy a house you don't like for the interest rates. But if you're in the market to buy something in the next year, you're better financially and you're taking a mortgage, you should do it sooner than later. Okay? And that's my tip, even though nobody can predict the future. All right? Um, I think we'll be right back after our little bit break. It's I on Real Estate. Got a question? Call 866-970-9622. Here's Douglas Elements CEO, Dottie Herman. You're back. You're listening to I on Real Estate. And I'm here with our financial wizard and our legal wizard. I'm here with Ace and Jerry. And uh, happy, I want to say spring, but it feels like summer. So I hope it stays that way. I don't, you know, I mean, it's really been beautiful as far as the weather goes. Um, I want to give you some predictions from Forbes. Uh, and they predict, and Zillow predicts, and Zillow, they predict that 2018 will shape up to even be a hotter real estate market than 2017. All right? Now, we mm-hmm. had snow. Mm-hmm. So if you look at numbers from the NAR, National Association of Realtors, or a lot of the numbers I've seen in the papers, or some of the market reports, that Jonathan Miller does. Uh, what what happened? We had a, a, a snowy. We had a lot of snow this uh, winter. Yeah. Which yeah. For, you know some big storms. Big storms that people could <clears throat> not be driving to look at properties. Mm-hmm. So I believe that the season this year started later than it last did. year because of the bad weather. You could not get around, and truthfully. So I th- so there was like I don't know I don't remember how many storms but a lot so I think that it's the the season started later this year and so I think it will be stronger even stronger in June uh, because of of when it started but it's strong and the one segment of the market that everyone has said uh, is not doing as well as everything else is the high high end and it's moving along it's not in bad shape at all it's just not. Uh, it's not on fire, if that's a good word to use. Um, but then again, it's like I tell some sellers: when you look at percentage, how many, you know, how many twenty million dollar homes there are, you know, those are the homes that make the paper, or, or a celebrity's home, or or a twenty million dollar home. Uh, you were not going to see make headlines. Hey, this modest modest house for five five hundred thousand. People don't. They want to see headlines. But there's not that many. You know, the higher you go, the less transactions there are. So uh, that I think that that market is flat. And the, and I, I classify the high end of a market as the top 10% of that market. So if you're in New York City, it could be, it'll be over $5 million. But if you were in, or let's say Minnesota, maybe it would be like, under a million or maybe 900,000. So it's the top 10% of whatever your market is. And that's kind of across the country pretty much the same. It's kind of flat. Uh, obviously, at the lowest end of the market, which is the entry-level market, whatever the, the, whatever the number is to get into a market, that is booming, but you can't have enough. We would have a million more sales 
you don't have enough product now. There's no product in that market. There's not new construction, and there's not that many resales. So it's, it, you know, so that market looks like it's shrinking. It's not shrinking. We just don't have enough inventory in that lower end. Um, they predict that June will be the quickest month to sell your house. So, by the way, if you're a seller and you have your house on the market, make sure it's all spruced up and ready because I believe you're going to see this yes. month like crazy. It's, it's, it's really doing. Um, the last year, a typical home sold in 73 days, and this was in 2017. Uh, and that's from when it was listed to the actual time that it went to contract and actually closed. And... Um, Homes sold faster in 2017 than they actually did in 2016, uh, but we think that it's going to be even quicker this 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 year. Uh, so I, I think we're all happy. And as I said, what you really want in real estate, um, whether you're a buyer or a seller, if you own real estate, you want the markets to appreciate, but you don't want them to spike. And why do I say that? I say that because. When something spikes and goes up or down so quickly, it can't consistently, it can't, it just can't stay there. But if something's a healthy market, it won't spike, but it will go up consistently and evenly, but then you won't have any big downturns. So we're in a healthy market. And there have never been so many Americans that can afford high-end homes now. I mean, um, so... I think that's all interesting. I think that in California is going, I mean, really, I speak to people all over the country and we're in a healthy housing market. And the interest rates, as Ace told you, are good. Now, let me ask you something, Ace. Yeah. How is, when somebody, how, how would you say it's easier or harder, like, to get a mortgage? When you go to qualify to get financing today, mm-hmm. uh, so meaning if you want to get a mortgage today, would you say it's stricter or than maybe or not as strict as it was maybe seven years ago? Because I remember right after the recession, the banks really got a little tough because people really were they would still, definitely they were giving everyone money at one Correct. time. So then Correct. they went. To, how is it now? I think What's the environment it, you know, like? The, the right word isn't less less strict, right? I think um, the I guess the Dodd Frank Act it's loosened up in terms of what banks are required um, to do in terms of you know, auditing and, and things of that nature. And they still audit. But as long as you're prepared, I, I, I like to tell all of our clients, as long as you're prepared and you're collecting your W-2s, your pay stubs, you know, you're talking to a banker up front, just understanding the nuances on what to do in terms of, you know, let's say you're looking to change a job. You know, you may not want to do that right before you get a mortgage. Or if you're looking to purchase a car, you may want to wait until you get a mortgage. So just speaking to a consultant and and meeting with a realtor before you even go and purchase a home is so key to just lining up and preparing yourself for for that mortgage. So Yeah, and let let me say why I think over time if you keep things. Now, again, there's no guarantee in anything in life other than that you're going to die one day and you'll pay taxes. But... Home prices, and this is national, so this is not about New York or New Jersey or Long Island. This is national. But home prices have risen 114% since 1960. That's a national number. Here's how much more expensive life is today. Because it doesn't matter how much they go up. 
It depends how everything goes up. So today, everything from movie tickets to college tuition is more expensive and not simply because of inflation. In a new study, student loan heroes examined just how much pricier things are for today's young people than they were for their predecessors and found that in many cases, costs have spiked. Actually, you know, they're coming out with a program now mm-hmm. for employers to, like, when they're hiring young people, it's a program that I, that I was reading about it where the employer gives a perk, and the perk is they help play a student debt off. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, I think that's great. That's great. Millennials and other generations have benefited uh, (laughs) from a 67% rise in wages since 1970. Okay, so wages have gone up that much. However, these giants have not been enough to keep up with the ever inflating living costs, and that's rent, home, college costs, and they've all increased faster than um, income. So so what I see, Dottie, on, on my end is that their income justifies um, them qualifying for the mortgages. But sometimes, um, to your point, you know they, they haven't saved as much. So they are coming out with programs for a lesser down payment, which is great. So, In other words, that you, you could be in a position where your monthly income is enough to carry the loan. Correct. But when you go to qualify for the loan, as Ace is saying, you don't have the down payment because that's hard to save and people are generally live on credit cards. Mm-hmm. So if that's the case, you should talk to ACE and uh, the Citizens Bank people because they have programs that if your income is good and you qualify for the income and you don't have the down payment, you could still be able to buy. Exactly. So I think um, that's all good. And and I, I think that, you know, I think that we talked a lot. I mean, we've been doing this show for seven or eight years. I can't remember how long. But anyway, we did this show right through the recession. And people were calling in that were losing homes, trying to save their homes. And every article in the papers, Jerry, you remember, was the end of home ownership. It's over. Mm-hmm. It's dead. Yeah, nobody's going to want to buy. Nobody and young home. people are not going to want to buy because they saw their parents lose money. And they saw. And really, I'd love to show all those papers, those articles they wrote, because we always mm. said. The only people that are going to get hurt are people going to have to sell. And what really happened is unless you bought at the height of the market and then we had the recession the next day and you had to sell, people took equity loans out and took the equity of their homes and took the cash and used it. Mm-hmm. Right. And so then yeah. when the, the prices went down, they couldn't – they had no equity left. So we don't suggest you don't take equity. But in proportion. proportion. And maybe you could give me a rule of thumb. I think we have a break on on, on equity loans. Okay? We'll be right back. And we'll give you a rule of thumb of what's a a fairly safe number. Ace will do that. We'll get right back. It's I on Real Estate. Got a question? Call 866-970-9622. Here's Douglas Elements CEO, Dottie Herman. We're back with I on Real Estate. Uh, By the way, I forgot to tell you we're uh, lucky to have uh, Dan Sayer back, and he'll be here at 11 o'clock, and he will be talking about the changes in credit reporting and credit scoring. And he will talk about removal of tax liens, but there's uh, how do mortgage companies are and how mortgage companies are getting information from the courthouses, and how this could affect home buyers. 
and the FICO has been ex experimenting with artificial intelligence and developing advanced scoring models. And you know Dan is yeah. an expert in credit. Dan's great. Yeah, he is great. He really is. By the way, have you ever heard of this term called whiteboarding? 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 Yes. Is that like waterboarding? No. I'm just well, no, kidding. I read this article and then I didn't it was at and cbcnbc.com and it said there's a new strategy no, it's not whiteboarding, it's white boxing, excuse me. There's a new strategy called white boxing. And what that means is, you know when they say, like, I guess it's a real estate term, white box your property. Right. Mm. It's where the they strip the house of all the furnitures, like any furniture you might have, um, and any amenities to charge more for the space. They feel that it's empty, apparently making it more valuable. Now... I know that, that in many cases, sometimes it makes it look bigger, and sometimes, even if it's great furniture, it might not be somebody's taste, and if they're mm -hmm. visual, it could throw them off, because they'll see it looking like a certain type right. of, of uh, and they're like, maybe I'm, I'm contemporary, and it looks more traditional. So, a lot of times, we do tell customers, take everything out. I always tell them, you know, take all your personal stuff out and take the magnets of your child's homework off the refrigerator. But this white boxing also says it's increasingly popular, and I haven't seen it yet in New York, but it says New York, uh, in real estate markets like New York and Los Angeles, okay, strip out all the furnishings, all the amenities, but, okay, with that I've seen. But it also says even the highest of the high-end kitchens and baths. And then you can charge more for the space. I've now, I I've don't necessarily that. agree time. with that. I've never heard of that. Uh, it's, so that's why, you know, I, when reporters report things, I don't want to say yeah. it's wrong. They probably got some information somewhere or maybe some person did it. But it doesn't necessarily yeah. mean that it's true. And even if it is, it doesn't apply to everything. Now, if you have high-end appliances, my guess is unless they're like, lime green or royal blue and they would like throw somebody off if they didn't like that color like if you have kind of a white or a traditional color i don't see how that would hurt but could there be an individual property that you would do that and it would be worthwhile because now the customer can say hey i'm going to go in and i'm going to make this exactly the way i want it and i don't have to take demolition i don't have to take the time to do that yeah sure but I don't think – I think it's more like when people really take most of their amenities out and they paint it white and it looks bigger and not like that, they can see the space and visualize their own taste in it. What do you yeah, think? I, yeah. I've never heard of anybody pulling all of their high-end appliances out to try to sell it at a higher price. I, I've never heard of that. Well, it we're, says, we're, if the three of us have never heard of it, yeah. it's not yeah. happening in New and York. And this was written um, – and then it says that – People will buy something totally done, beautiful, and they will still rip everything out and start over. Now, that is true. I've seen that. Yeah, okay. but that's a special So buyer. this trend is, 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 that's why this trend's happening. But I, I, the majority of customers would like to see the stainless steel refrigerator or something in there. Definitely. But, yeah. uh, you know, so I'm not saying that it didn't happen here or there, but basically, but it is good to take all your stuff out. And if you can paint it like a neutral color, uh, now, this says it's a plus because it saves the buyer time and money. 
and it actually makes buyers feel better about the tear out, meaning they don't have to go through that. I've seen old apartments create a white box because it's really, really, really old and it, sure. need, it needed updating, but I've never really heard of a white box. Um, yeah. I know. think you're right. So I think that in old apartments, you know, if the appliances are very old and I, you know, and that, you know, even if you don't, you, you're better off taking them out. Yeah. So basically, what I, what I think you should learn is that, as I say, when we give any advice on the show, there's no cookie cutter formula and there's no, there's no uh, one size fits all. To some people, that could be a plus. To some people, it would be a negative. Uh, it's all, you know, an individual thing. So uh, you have to listen to your real estate broker and tell them, and they'll tell you for your price and from where you live what they think the best way uh, you should display your house. And right before the break, we were talking a little, uh, we were, I was giving you a formula on, I said if people with the equity loans uh got in trouble because they took too much equity out of their house. They took almost 100% before. Yeah, so you could do that before. Before. So if your house, you paid like 300000 and now it's worth a million, they took that difference yeah. out. And then when the market dropped, they really had negative equity. So mm-hmm. what's, the, what's the kind of rule of thumb number? A good rule of thumb is 60%. Um, you can tap into your equity right around 60%. So you still leave that 40% cushion. Um, although banks will allow you to take up to 70 um, I don't really recommend going up that high. I would I would still stay stay around the sixty percent range to yeah, give yourself and some that, room. And that's a good thing to sit down with like A so the people at Citizens and kind of get an idea of what's comfortable and yeah. you know, some stuff for a rainy day so that you're not, you know, maxed out so that you have a little extra expense that you didn't anticipate that you're covered by that. Exactly. So I but 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 I think that in certain ways Equity that's sitting in a house doesn't, it's not going to make it appreciate more or less. So it's kind of money that you're sitting on that's not yeah. getting really interest, not getting anything. So, in one way, one part of me says, take a little of that out and yes. put that in some kind of a safe thing. Uh, or if you need to take money out, maybe for your child, for the education, or you need to do something, well, you're going to pay less interest if you mm-hmm. do it through your own equity. But again, you've got to sit with somebody. You have to look at your lifestyle. Um, but as far as your home appreciation, it will appreciate whether you have a dollar in the house or if you have nothing. Yes. So there are a lot of dis- different philosophies. Uh, what do you What do you think, Sherry? Yeah, no, I think I think I generally agree with that. I mean, you know, I get a little nervous when I, I hear people starting to pull too much equity out of a house because. You know, that, that's a lot of what the trouble that people got into in, in the downturn. You know? Right. Well, well, Jerry, you know, one of the key, um, I guess, questions that we ask is, you know, what will you be using this money for? And uh, mm-hmm. one time, one person told me that they were actually pulling it out because they wanted to open up a restaurant. But mm-hmm. they never opened up a restaurant before, and they were pulling <laughs> out most of their equity. So we, You know a little bit about uh, restaurants. Yeah, so, so we cautioned him. You know, we, we told him, look, you know, you may not want to associate your business with your personal life. Because this is your home, you know? So mm-hmm. as long as they're using it uh, responsibly, that's all. All right. I have to tell you some crazy deals. And these were some deals I read about. They're not Douglas Sullivan deals necessarily, just crazy real estate deals. And so I know everyone's pet lovers here. So one has to do with a pet. And it's both buyers were well-dressed professionals. And uh, when the woman who uh, got out of the car, the broker saw that she was carrying a small dog with mm-hmm. a rhinestone collar. The buyer introduced the dog by two names, Stinker Bell and Fluffy Pants. Hmm. 
and explained <laughs> that he was an emotional support dog. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This posh pooch was going to have a pivotal role in picking our next home, the bar said. Um, he's going to help us pick it. Hmm. And the rest of the afternoon consisted of a lady lifting fluffy pants up to see the crown molding in the skylights or letting him sniff the air in each closet. Although the lender did not require his paw print on the lending documents, the dog had to be present there also <laughs> to ensure that we closed, the broker said. Um, so this dog made the decision, okay? And I think there are some people maybe that attached to their dogs. Yeah. I mean, I love dogs, so not to the point that I would bring them to the closing and they would pick it out, but, you know, <clears> people I, bring I, kids. Uh, yeah, I couldn't bring mine to a, a showing because Why they would Sharon? probably well, they would probably have an accident in in the house <laughs> I was looking at, and and then I would have to leave, so that would not be good. Well, you so see, you have to train them better. Well, I, I've tried for several years, but you know they're not. Well, they're good. They're good boys, but they're not always perfect. <laughs> okay, so then. Uh, there was a, a buyer, and this is true. I mean, this really happened. It was a great broker. A buyer from Shanghai wanted to buy an apartment building, and the man found two properties and went into a 40-day escrow and applied for financing, and this was in L.A. The broker had to deal with issues, and I tell you many times people really underestimate how much a broker really does. That came up in the physical inspections as well as some additional issues with city clearances. And two weeks before the scheduled closing, the buyer had a family emergency that required him to return to Shanghai immediately. He discovered once he got back to his homeland that he would not be able to fly back to L.A. in time for the closing. So the loan was ready, but the documents needed to be signed in front of the notary republic. So what do you do? And this seemed like an impossible feat since he w- the buyer was in Shanghai. Fortunately, the escrow company found out that the buyer could go to the U.S. Embassy in Shanghai, and an official there could witness the signing to make an appointment at the embassy and get the paperwork signed within three days, and they closed. Yeah, we've actually done that before. You've done that. So, yeah. in other words, you can actually go to the U.S. Embassy. Yes. See? We do that all, and, and they'll have all a notary the time there. Overseas. Yep. It's called consularizing a document. It's yeah. called a consularization. It's not a notarization, but it's equivalent. Yeah, I think Jerry's been a part of that as well. It Many did. times. Yeah, so so you you did. You yeah. do that yeah. more than, well, you would know. You're an attorney it's and part, you it's close. Part, we actually do it fairly frequently. It's yeah, much it's easier frequent. than notarizing. When you try to notarize overseas, it's it's much more complicated than here. Correct. Easier to easier to consularize. It's easier, easier overseas? It's easier to do a consularization, meaning you go before a consular official, and have them consularize the document, it's easier than notarizing yes. it overseas. Yeah. Oh. Mm. Well, so that's good to know as yeah. a seller. And um, again, uh, the one thing I pride Douglas Elliman is you, anyone who tells you they are an expert in everything, um, I would be leery of because nobody's an expert. <laughs> but we have the experts in every anything that you have to do in real estate. We have the experts that know that part of that business. And that's really how we actually started eye on real estate. It's not just about real estate. It's everything that has to do with real estate, whether it's financing or the legal part of it or how you buy real estate, uh, the, you know, the, the, how you transfer real estate. We just cover everything. And certainly none of us are an expert in everything, but we have all the experts. And that's why we always tell you, if you pick a team of people that work with you, and you pick the right broker, the right attorney, the right financing bank, 
and the right people, you're insured to have a much better experience and much better chances of success. And as I said to you before, this is the team I use for myself personally. So I uh, don't just say that to say it. I say that because it's my personal belief that these are the best guys. Well, Dottie, I just posted on Insta Story about the show, and my friend just listened for the first time, and he just texted me, Ace, you guys talk so much more about, you know, other than real estate, so I'm learning so much, so it's interesting. Yeah, a lot of people learn, and, yeah. and, and truthfully, there's so much to know that nobody could know it all, uh, and I think it's a wonderful thing. People can get advice, and we get emailed a lot of questions, yeah. and we try to do the best we can in answering them. I don't think we'll have time to do it now. I think Dan's going to come on the show, and after the break, we'll talk a lot about fears that people have. Uh, and I had a question, Jerry. Oh, I think maybe, no, I, before I do the question, I think maybe when I was away, you might have done this, but because do, do did you do anything with co-op rules? Are they mm. fair, unfair, or just zany? I don't think so. No, no I don't remember Okay. That. Yeah. So what I did together, <clears throat> to put together, and I'm not, I don't know, that I'll just play with it for a little while now, and maybe you can email or text me or whatever. Oh, yeah. I, I have some call in. crazy ones too. Yeah. These are some rules. Now, they're not in all co-ops, so not all co-ops have these rules, so don't misunderstand, <clears throat> but these are actually real things that some co-ops have as part of the condition when you own a co-op, which is, you know, shares in a corporation. So what, this is really a real list. No conversations in the lobby. <laughs> Residents must carry their pets on their way from the building's front door to the elevator. But hold on. Wait a minute, Dottie. What if, what if Coco Chanel was your pet? Well, Coco Chanel, my dog, is a mastiff. He's 250 pounds. I couldn't move into you have that. To carry him. So I would have to have read that because if I bought a co-op that had that in there, what would I have to yeah. do? I, you have to pick I, up I Coco. And right. Coco wouldn't be no able to get in. No one could pick up Coco. He'd be ostracized. And they would say, well, so, but he wouldn't pass the interview. Most no. co-ops have an interview. I hate to say it, but yeah, Coco, Coco Chanel, poor Coco. who I named for a feminine <laughs> woman because she's Coco a... Coco Chanel. She's you know, a Masters she's a are hard to look feminine as women, but Coco wow. Chanel, she would not get in. The uh, rules, elegant. you can't have flip-flops. Um, Wait a minute, you can't wear flip-flops? Uh, in the lobby. Okay, this I, is, I can't these are stand some the sound things. of flip-flops. No umbrellas and wet boots. Uh, oh, this one is, uh, I've seen this a lot. You, can, you can't necessarily let your children, who are adults, live in the co-op apartment, which you own, okay, while you're away. Yeah, that's pretty common. That, yeah, I've seen that's that a lot. pretty yeah, common. That's common. So, in yeah. other words, if you have adults, you're going away to Europe for a month, yeah. and you want to let your adult children stay in the city. You know, ridiculous. You can't. Really, so it's we, ridiculous. Children can stay in your apartment with you whenever you're there, but not when you're not there. General guest policy like that. Guests are not allowed to stay overnight unless shareholder is in, in, in also there. So I think they sound zany, but when yeah. it comes to co-ops and you're buying shares in a corporation, you need to look at the rules of the co-op. Some are strict, some are not so strict, but you need to make sure you read that before you purchase. We are going to break for the 12 o'clock news, 866-970-9622. We'll be back. With Dan Sater, the credit expert, and he's going to give us changes in credit reporting and credit scoring. We'll be right back after the, 12, the 11 o'clock. Eye on Real Estate with Dottie Herman is sponsored by Citizens Bank N.A. 
Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.